0: everybody doing welcome to too much information with Sean Arnold my name still is Sean Arnold thanks for coming my guest today tonight this evening depending on when you're listening to is the Pod father himself the man that made it all happen for me my muse my special friend from Lopez radio Jeremy Lopez
1: Hey, what's going on, man? Good to be here. It's been uh it's been a while.
0: It has. I mean, not a while for us to, you know, talk, but a while yeah. that we have we are codifying this in digital
1: foreverness. 100%. Uh, yeah, man. It's uh it's it's kind of wild because I mean, obviously me and you have talked a good bit, but I even even I have been quite absent from the podcast realm too, but it's been for me and you to podcast it's been since before uh before you were in the hospital.
0: Yeah, right? Like that's kind of weird. Um to be fair, you have other stuff going on. Like my excuse is a little less uh uh intentional. <laughs> but at, at least you're you're staying busy. It is fun to get back at it, especially with this sweet ass new piece of uh gear I got going on over here.
1: That sweet piece of ass uh, that's called the Roadcaster Pro. It's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I don't, I'm seething over here. It's, it looks so awesome
0: yeah it's funny like i I don't even think that i it, i feel like i'm only scratching like only scratching the surface of what it can do but mm-hmm. in only scratching the surface it's so apparent how much it has going on you know it's, it's ridiculous there's just yeah. a lot of stuff in it for those of you uh the gearheads the broadcast or non-gearheads rather the roadcaster pro is this it's, it's sort of like broadcasting in a box. Like, I don't know of a great way to just, but it's sort of like everything you want from a recording standpoint, using sound from other things, um, pulling in audio, being able to record a, this call. Um, if we wanted to call someone on the phone, it's integrated. I can just do that. It's Bluetooth. Um, and then everything's just recorded to a memory card in it. So you don't actually have to be hooked up to a PC or anything like that, which is pretty rad.
1: <laughs> it's it's really cool. And and the thing is, you could be hooked up to a PC if you wanted to. It's essentially, it's a like he said, it's a radio station in a box. It's everything that I, I was telling you the other day. It's everything I've been Frankensteining together with like several pieces of equipment <laughs> uh, and, and lots of money. Uh, over the years and it's, it's all in one little box now, which is, which is crazy. It's on my radar. I'm, I'm going to be getting one. 2020 is my year.
0: Yeah. And the thing that's cool too, is like, and I don't know if you're this way. And for those of you that are listening, it'd be interesting, like pop us a comment or a, a tweet or something. Um, also just at the front end, um, at Lopez radio on all your social medias will get mm-hmm. you to my Brown friend, um, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, uh, Twitch. Uh, those are probably the Facebook, the main ones, Facebook. He doesn't want you on his Facebook. Don't be,
1: I don't ever look at Facebook. I haven't looked at Facebook and it feels like years now.
0: I, you know what I call Facebook now? What's that? Lopez chat. (laughs) It's just during the day when I want to send you messages, I use Facebook messenger to send you a message
1: that's the only thing I use it for because it's the easiest way to keep in touch with everyone. I think I talk to my wife more through uh, Facebook messenger than I do the actual phone because I can <laughs> pull it up on my, my computer because I don't have an iPhone, so I don't have iMessage. So I'm I just, don't either. Yeah. So it's just like one of those things is I'm sure, I'm sure Facebook is taking a nice log of everything we're, we're talking about and, and, and Taylor and all those ads to us and it's getting sniffed out somehow, but who cares at this point? Who cares?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, there's no, there's no secrets at this point. Um, Mm-mm. but one of the things I was going to say is, and by the way, I'm at Sean ATL on Twitter. If you want to come track me down. Um, and the website for this is <clears throat> at TMI at TMI. It's not at TMI pod.com. Um, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I was actually listening to one on the way home. And as you guys can probably tell or not tell, because Jeremy sounds so clear, um, in this is because he has obviously a studio at his house with proper equipment and we're using the pc for a voice call and it sounds like he's here like if he was here it would sound very similar if not exactly like this but i will occasionally turn on podcasts that aren't that small and when the audio quality is not good mostly around the fact where someone just purely hasn't invested in a decent microphone it makes me so mad. Like I've turned into yeah. like a snot. I mean, because here's the thing. This mic I'm using here is an SM58. It's a Shure microphone. It's a $100 mic, right? There's nothing crazy. Jeremy has a little bit, or not a little, but a lot nicer studio mic <clears throat> that he's using. He sounds really good. But you could get something like I have, and it sounds fine because i think i sound mm-hmm. pretty decent right like pretty solid sort of radio quality type sound
1: but yeah, you get not that bad at all like it, it you don't need to overthink it you know it's 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 one of those deals where um i think a lot of people either don't think about it at all and then a lot of people overthink it where it's like no you can shoot for the middle people hit me up all the time it's like so how much money do i need to put together to have to sound really good like it's like 300 bucks i was like no you could like 200 bucks maybe you know, it, and, and even then, like, depending on what you got driving your mic, it could be less. So it really doesn't take much to put some thought into your sound quality. And I'm the same way as you, man. As soon as a, as soon as a podcast is like too tinny too just like, uh, it, it, it sounds like you're talking in a tin can. I just can't take it. Or if I hear like echo and stuff like that, like like you're in a hollow room just throw some pad up somewhere put a mattress in the room or something catch some of that echo please
0: i know and i'm a little guilty because i actually have ordered some baffle i just haven't it's hasn't arrived yet and then i'm gonna need to put it up and then hope my yeah. wife doesn't kill me when she comes into the guest room which is also one of our guest rooms which also sort of doubles as my office and she's like <laughs> why is there foam all over the wall in this corner over here and i'm just like Look. you know
1: uh, you're I'll actually say this: you don't have much of an echo at all. Like, I don't even hear an echo, to be honest. So, I, I mean, I think your, I think your wind, your windscreen is probably helping out with that too.
0: Well, also, too, it's in a little those. This room is a guest room, but it has like a little nook, mm. and there's no glass, so I'm just nooked mm. against drywall, right? Which base is doesn't balance a ton, right? Yeah. Um, if there was a yeah. window around here or something like that, or I was talking back into the room, but I'm, you know, I'm two and a half feet from just a drywall wall. So yeah, um, it, it tends to help a little, but yeah, man, it makes me crazy with guys. I'm just like, look, man, you want to do this podcast thing. Like you don't have to spend a ton of money, but I mean, I take a little pride in the audio quality for God's sakes.
1: Well, <laughs> and some people just, there's technique to it. You know, I have people ask all the times, like my room's echoey or, or I sound, it sounds like I'm, you know, yelling in a gymnasium. Um, you know, what can I do to help that? I mean, it's honestly, you know, bring, bring your mic level down and bring the mic closer. You know, that there's a reason why if you look at any footage of someone in a radio studio talking, the mic's up against their face Yeah, because, you know, you, you want to be, when you get away from the mic, you know, it, it, it that's supposed to cancel out. So you're not supposed to catch everything that's going on in the room. I'm lucky enough to where I didn't have, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a basement, there's carpet, there's a drop ceiling. So there's very little things for any kind of sound to vibrate off of. But even if you're in kind of a, hollow sounding room you can bring the mic closer and bring the gain down and it helps a ton
0: yeah and i was lucky i had to actually learn the opposite because when i was singing and playing gigs i would always sound check myself with my and i'm doing it now but like with my bottom lip like on the microphone physically Mm -hmm. on the microphone because that is a precise right like if you do it just a little off And then if you step away or you come back to the mic or you move around, you're not Mm -hmm. necessarily going to come back. But I know if I come back to like right on it, I'm going to get the sound when I did. And then if I want to back off and, you know, do something different, I can. But sometimes that's okay if you're in a room that's loud and you're playing, but you have to it's a little more sensitive. So I've had to like make myself back off a bit because I tend to want to stick my mic, you know, my face right on the thing.
1: And yeah, I feel like some people don't go back and even listen to themselves sometimes though. It's just kind of like, just go back and you don't have to listen to the whole podcast. Just jump through it a little bit. Make sure things are sounding okay. That's how I knew I needed to update some of my equipment because I was catching like, you know, you know, audio audio problems through some of the lines, just not clean power and stuff like that. But I'm the same way. If you notice, if you ever watch me stream or if you're ever podcasting with me or something like that, I'm, I can basically, I can feel my mic hitting my, hitting my beard. You know, I, I can push it with my chin the whole time. So it's, it's always that close and it just helps out so much more.
0: I tell you, you guys can't see this, but we're doing a voice call, but it's also video. And, um, mm-hmm. I'm used to when you streaming the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle wristband being chroma keyed out and the fact that I can <laughs> right. see it now, that's weird, it? That's <laughs> weird, right? usually that's just a, a big blank spot. Um, one thing that's interesting and another thing it's funny when I when I first started podcasting, I was gonna ask you about this because I've listened to a bunch of podcasts today and the intro song that you heard at the beginning of my podcast is actually a song from this band called Big Atomic, which is a buddy of mine. His name is Wes Yoakum. <clears throat> I always put his band name in the description because you can pick up his stuff on uh, you know, iTunes and everything. It's really good. Um, and he gave me permission to use, you know, his song, which is great because I love it but I was so worried about like fair use. Not that there's a monetizing this and all this, but like now every podcast I listen to is just, they're just using commercial music. I know they haven't licensed it, but do you know what the rules are? Like, I don't even know what the rules are.
1: Um, it's still kind of the wild West so people can get away with it. But I do know that, uh, that, uh, you know, recording artists and, and studios and stuff like that can come after you for that. If you're making money, I mean, I think it's kind of a weird gray area because they're not making money because of the intro song, you know. They're not making money because of that. Um, I would think that they'd be in, in worse shape or or in more danger of having a lawsuit brought against them or a cease and desist if they were if the music they were using was central to what they were doing. So let's say they were reviewing albums and they were playing whole songs or something like that. Um but if they want to do any kind of YouTube presence or anything like that, if if it's copyrighted music, um a lot of times the YouTube will uh, will catch some of that stuff. And actually I'm in the process of tearing apart the studio um and kind of redoing some stuff so I can relaunch my podcast in the spring because I've been off since right before Thanksgiving it was the last time I did an episode. Um, so I'm planning on coming back in the spring and I want to do a visual element to it, which includes YouTube. And uh, the I'm going to have to retire the Sex bob song that I use at the beginning of my podcast that I've used since the beginning uh, because it gets caught, um, as well as uh, Mr. Sandman at the end, it gets caught as a uh, copyright violation. So while they will let me use it and you can still hear it, um, there's no way to monetize that. Um, there's no way to, and and if they wanted to, they could completely just not let me, um, use the video at all just because of those little snippets.
0: Do you have any idea though, how these people with these reaction videos are getting paid? Cause I was watching one guy I know that does the reacts and that guy mm-hmm. was talking about, he's making like 40 G's a month from YouTube.
1: I'm not sure. I think it maybe. I know that there was some, some weirdness where you could mess with, the tone of the uh, of the song, and it would get past the sniffers, you know, because it's just it's just algorithms that catch it. I don't know if, I mean, if they're playing it in short enough bursts, I think that it doesn't pick up on it. But I don't know how short those bursts have to be, because I mean, you've you've heard the end of my podcast before, where I'm just talking over it, Mr. Sandman, and it'll catch just enough of it to to be like, you know, you can't monetize this video because it meets it breaks copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. Um, so i'm looking at uh non-licensed music right now i've got a friend uh, over in europe who does uh, some really good um some really good synthwave stuff that's like kind of hard and uh and a little like a little borders on metal and industrial metal so i'm trying to look through some of his songs and see if he'll uh, give me uh permission to do that he's on Bandcamp, um and uh, try to figure out what a good outro song would be because while i like that as an identity for the show um because it's just something that everybody expects the one, two, three, four, and then yeah, it kicks sure. in. Sure. Um it's not something that's that makes or breaks the show. So I, I'm trying to I'm trying to separate myself from the thought of being like, who am I without this song?
0: That was one of the first things we talked about on our first podcast because I told we talked about how it reminded me of that movie Pump Up the Volume. Cause it's mm-hmm. like that pirate radio and that song just felt like it was something that should have belonged there. Um, if yeah. you ever want to get hooked up with my boy West too, by the way, cause he also does, he does jingles and he wrote music for adult swim and a lot of, oh, nice. for a long time. Like he's a, he's a, he's a, he's real good. He's a badass. Um, and he's got a lot of catalog stuff and he would totally, I'm speaking for him and I shouldn't be, but I bet money he would hook you up. Cause like, you know, he's just out playing and doing his thing.
1: Um well, he would be like, Sean said what? Yeah, exactly.
0: What, you, what? And I get a nasty gram at my house. Um, so, um, but I've always just – because I actually – the first podcast that I did, which I really liked, um, I opened up with Battle Flag by the Low Fidelity All-Stars because I love that song. Mm-hmm. And then I yeah. closed with Bye, Bye, Bye by NSYNC, and it <laughs> was just awesome. And then, like, I seriously was talking to people, and they're like, yeah, I don't know if you should be doing – like, like, you know what I mean? Actually, I've got a buddy who's a trademark attorney, and he goes, mm – Probably not the best idea, and I was super bummed because I was like, oh, man, that would have been a great, like, sort of, again, like, signaturey kind of way to in and out, you know what I mean, of, of the podcast.
1: It's a weird area. I don't think, I mean, it just depends on where you're at on the, uh, you know, on the podcast realm because, I mean, you you know, I've had episodes where I do the WLPZ thing, and I'll just jock it like I'm on the radio, and I'll yeah. just play full songs and talk in between the songs and treat it like a radio station Um, it's not that anyone will take that down. It just limits where you can push it out to. So I know if you have, um, podcasts on Spotify, let's say, if you are playing copyrighted music, they can say, we don't want, you know, they can completely kick your podcast off there. Um, and, and and like I said, with YouTube, that's another example. So it just, it just kind of depends. I don't think anyone's going to come after anybody. I haven't seen where anyone's been shut down. I'm sure a, a bigger podcast, maybe. But I know uh, any anyone who streams live on YouTube, they have to be careful what they play, even like other YouTube clips, because that can be claimed and, oh. and taken down and stuff like that. So
0: I mean, it's good they're looking out and protecting those people, but it's sure. like there's so many roles.
1: There's just so many songs that are so good for so many there moments, and you're really just kind of like, this is, I want to hit this song right now, and I want to play it and talk over it and just it's just such a good song. Sometimes you just want to crank it up and let it simmer for a while, you know? Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, in music, such a, uh, I've had conversations a lot before about, um, it's one of those, it's kind of like a good bass player, right? Mm -hmm. A really good bass player. You won't necessarily consciously notice them. If they were bad, you would 100% notice it. But they're great. You wouldn't, that sort of thing with like scoring in films, right? Like if there's a really great score, I think it's more, it hits you subconsciously, right? It's like the emotion and stuff, but you're not necessarily thinking specifically about the music. That's where when you find the right song to go with something, it's not out in your face. It's usually just, it's cooking in your head sort of behind the scenes and, and adding to the the moment, whether you're watching something or talking to someone or having a conversation. And that's, what's awesome about it.
1: Yeah. And when it goes, when, like you said, when it goes out of sync, you can hear it immediately. You're yeah. like, oh shit. Something's messed <laughs> up. Something's afoot. Like I was, I was, I was watching a video. Uh, I was watching a video on YouTube yesterday or today. And the person was just doing a face cam talking, Um, you know, just about something. And, and all, uh, you know, as the video went on, it was probably like a 10 minute video as the video went on the audio and their lips started like detracting from each other i don't know what they were using to record but all of a sudden like they were their lips were moving but the audio was like two three seconds behind oh no the and worst! I, I had to turn it off i was like i can't watch this because it just i could close my eyes and, and pretend and just listen but it any kind of thing once you see it once the glass is broken you're like ah, i can't i can't unsee that
0: yeah the worst <laughs> so I, was- I wanted to talk to you about just because um the the of the, of the million, million and a half people that will listen to this podcast when we put sure. it out. Um, you know, clearly I'm not an old guy, but I'm not a super young guy either. Mm. And believe it or not, I've had people that I, are kind of in my age sphere that before have I've had conversations with them about what Twitch is. Um, mm. Mostly because I have people that are in businesses where – I think they actually could leverage Twitch, right, as a platform for what they do, right? Yeah. Um, and they don't really know what it is. So what I would like for you to do, um, for because I think people should know, I think, too, there's a lot of amazing content out there if you're, if you're not aware of what Twitch is and you're listening to this, if you're old like me. Um, or better yet, understand what your kids are watching. Because oh, yeah. I guarantee you they're on there. So Jeremy is a Twitch streamer. He has a Twitch channel. Would you, as best you can, in a nutshell, explain what Twitch is?
1: Uh, sure. Uh, so think about. Uh, a lot of people have seen Periscope. You know, they've seen you know I'm live streaming on Facebook or I'm live streaming on Periscope via Twitter or whatever. Uh, it's kind of like that except for. Uh, you have you can you can have any type of situation. You can have a complete studio. You could be out on the street walking around with a phone, but essentially you're live streaming yourself doing something. Whether it's a, a lot of people are playing games on Twitch, but there's people who do cooking shows on Twitch, like full-on, well-produced cooking shows too. There's people who play uh, actual D and D games, um, like like my buddy Fagan, and then all the way to people who like Critical Role will do a full panel of people, just like you know maybe you're watching you know, a TV show like American Idol or or something like that, where they've got people on a stage doing things. But essentially what you're doing is you're creating your own show, be it you playing video games, be it you having a talk show, uh, be it you just sitting around and and BSing with people uh, on the internet. And essentially the way I look at it being from a radio background, you have a chat that's there while you're streaming live and they're talking to you and you can respond to them and You know, the way I look at them is like, they're like my callers on the radio. You know, they can chime in and tell me, you know, why I'm wrong or what I got wrong. And that's usually what they're doing. So when you say, uh, when
0: you say chat, it's like a text only feed that's mm -hmm. off to the side of your video So you can verbally talk and everyone watching can hear you, but they can't audio talk back to you, but they can type and it just scrolls like an old school, like BBS or instant messenger or whatever. And you can just have all these people interacting either with one another or
1: Mm -hmm. directing
0: stuff at you.
1: Absolutely. And it's, I think that's what makes Twitch work is the fact that there is, it's like a, it's like a, not even a one-way conversation. I I call it a 1.5 way conversation conversation because they can talk to you Uh, just, just via text. So if you don't want to acknowledge it, you don't have to, but if you want to acknowledge it, you can. And it's, it's really interesting. I think it kind of taps into, I think a lot of people our age will be familiar with, uh, going to a friend's house and maybe sitting around playing Nintendo or Super Nintendo and, and, and sitting there watching your friend take their turn and talking shit about the game, you know, (laughs) and then they die and then they hand you the controller and they sit there and watch you play. Um, I mean, it, it very much feels like that to me, anyway. Um, but it's essentially a, a TV channel on the internet that is yours, and you get to do what you want within, you know, terms of service within the TOS. Um, you get to, you get to do things. We'll talk so about Plex, not, we'll
0: talk about Plex Storm later.
1: Yeah, we'll bring up <laughs> PlexStorm in a little bit, but um, it's essentially just a way to to reach an audience, um, and it's like interactive radio. I, it very much feels like radio to me um there's a lot of people who do cameras uh while they're playing there's some people that that I love and I watch uh, religiously that don't even have a camera so it's uh it's kind of however you want to do it but uh, any any number of people are get huge audiences because they're either really good at a game or people really get engaged with their conversation um it's it's an interesting beast and and, and you said like obviously a lot of older people don't know what that is there's still a lot of younger people that don't know what it is it's kind of weird because I'm steeped in this thing and I still have to explain it to like some of my siblings who are this like almost the same age as me. I'm just kind of like, "No, no, no, it's a yeah. So there so so you play video games and and people pay you money." I was like, "Well, I mean, not necessarily. I'm not <laughs> people show up to hang out and uh and they they hang out while I do that and they're just kind of like, "Huh. Okay." <laughs> it, it either lands with some people or it doesn't. And, I, and honestly as as mired as I am in it now, I didn't understand it until someone sent me a link. I was deciding whether or not to buy a video game one time. And a buddy of mine, Sheets, sent me a link and was like, I was like, all right, here's, here's this guy playing the game, check it out and see if you want to get it. We were talking about playing this game together. And I was started watching it and ended up being like the first person I subscribed to. And I became just obsessed with it. And within, within six months I was streaming myself because I was like, I could do this super easy, super easy, you know,
0: super easy for you. Um, uh... Yeah, I mean I actually didn't know what Twitch was until really you told me about it. And then um I went and kind of poked around and uh <clears throat> I play video games and so then believe it or not that's so the again listeners there's this game called PUBG which is you I guarantee you people listening know what Fortnite is because your kids 100% play it. Um but it's a comp it's more like the adult version of Fortnite, I guess. Um,
1: a little more realistic as far as the weaponry and, and imagery
0: and it's not cartoon, you know, it's, yeah, it's geared more towards like as legit as the idea of a hundred people dropping onto an Island and all trying to kill each other can be. <laughs> but, um, uh, and that's where the first time I place I ever saw that game and that drove me towards playing that game, which I put a lot, put a lot of hours in, I've kind of tapered off it a bit, you know, lately, but, um, <clears throat> That's how I found it. But then I sort of saw people I liked and then of course I, you know, watch Ustream. But I do think it's a very interesting not to get too sort of expansive on this, but I do think it it's ahead of the game and it's sort of caveating nicely into or it's staying out in front of where I think television and gent right so when i say television i think about video entertainment right so when we were kids it was very much about you had like three networks there was maybe a couple cable channels you know you would watch them mm. now that and you know but it was through a cable company then we all of a sudden got a hundred billion channels as cable companies expanded Now it's turned and we're all seeing this shift now where you've got on demand, right, content, which is your Netflixes and, you know, and then if now you don't, a lot of people don't buy DVDs anymore, you're, you know, getting a license on like a voodoo and ultraviolet, you know, so you can watch movies when you want. But now you're seeing with these individual services, right, like CBS All Access and Hulu and HBO Max has obviously got Disney Plus, right, where all that stuff is. To me, like, Twitch was so far ahead of the game because I just sort of cock my head when people – I explain it to them and they think it's weird because I go, well, it's not. Because if you think about its original content, meaning it's different, right, like every time you watch it, it's reality TV, really, which we know is a monster Like draws monster eyeballs, right? I mean, this goes all the way back to Survivor, I don't even know, or Real World, which I think most people consider like the first modern reality television show, right? Um, Yeah. And, but it has the added element of you being able to participate, right, as a viewer, which you don't get with set-top box type stuff or whatever, you just click and watch. Um, But what's crazy about it is, is it does create this micro-ecosystem which is, which I think is awesome because it content creators, right? Like you, it gives you a chance to not only be able to create content and do it and then interact with your people, but you can generate revenue, but you, but it doesn't exclude people who either can't or don't want to right? pay for it. So Just so you guys know, inside the model, you can subscribe to channels and there's revenue. And again, the intention of subscribing is you get things in a sense. You get like little emotes you can use in chat and stuff. But really, that's more about just the me, the viewer going, I want to support this person because I like their content and I want them to continue to create it. So that's Mm -hmm. how you help. But it's very much like you don't have to do it. You can, there's a, they've even created a monetary system inside it, right? With bits. So you can throw these, they're actually real dollars, but you can throw them in chat, right? You can throw them at the streamer while they're streaming. It pops up on their screen, which is also money because people just like to see their name pop up on the screen. Cause everybody watching can go, Oh, that guy just gave this guy a dollar, right? Or $2 yeah. or $10 or a thousand dollars or whatever it ends up. But I just think from a, looking at it purely as a technology business person, I think the model is pretty outstanding, like pretty th- the fact that I don't know if they just accidentally landed on this really amazing model, but the models to me is kind of perfect.
1: Yeah. The model's nice. Uh, and there's, there's some, there's some other people out there. They're trying, Microsoft has their own thing. Um, you know, YouTube gaming has their own thing. Facebook live has a Facebook gaming thing and everybody's trying to chase it right now. Um, not saying that it'll never be caught, but it's way ahead of everyone else as far as market share goes, um, as far as um, as far as just figuring out how to do things. So there's certain there's certain features that that Twitch has that these other places don't. Like if people see something like, all right, so let's say I'm live, something crazy happens in the game, or somebody somebody says something really funny and everybody loses their mind, like you can actually go in and clip that moment, and you can in 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 a in a separate window. It'll let you trim down the clip to the exact moment you want it to start and the exact moment you want it to end up to, I think, a minute and a half, maybe, or a minute. It's pretty long. Yeah. Um, it's pretty long, but you can clip that moment, and that gets that gets indexed and saved on that channel, and even after your, your VOD or your video on demand, um, after the fact, expires, your clip remains. So, I've got these clips from what I've been, it's been almost, I think it's been over two years now that we've been doing this, and... I've got this, I've got this, this directory of clips I can go back to and that people just think were great moments. And so there's that kind of functionality in there too. So there's people can contribute to the channel, um, without even being monetary about it. You know, we've got, we've got some people who come into my chat that are, that, you know, they, they don't do the monetary thing, but them being there and talking shit with everyone else (laughs) completely adds, to to the whole to the whole thing and it just makes this weird subculture of just a handful of people it's like it's like going to a bar you love going to and the regulars are there it's like cheers on the internet
0: carrying carrying suitcase <laughs>
1: um
0: <clears throat> yeah I mean and it's also interesting which I will fully admit when I think about it or if I were to like explain this to my mother it does sound a little weird, right? Like because we can, and when I say that, what I mean is, is so i give you, for, for you guys listening, there's another guy that streams um, that. So what's interesting too, let me back up is that a lot of times when streamers get to know one another, and usually that could be like, say they play the same game, right? So they're in the same, you know, that sort of universe or they meet at a convention, then the communities sometimes will start to cross over because people will watch multiple different streamers. So you'll start to see these little pockets of people that sort of float around. To take the bar analogy a step farther, it's like if in your local bar district, there are three bars that you like and you'll float around between the bars. Like we're going to start here, then we'll wander down here, then we'll go over there. It's kind of that same vibe. So you end up meeting other or or not meeting as a viewer, you end up moving around to other channels and seeing other people stream. And then mm-hmm. other people from the stream that you go to the most will float over into that stream. And then you get to know that streamer. So there's a guy named whose, whose screen name is Rick loves bacon, which <laughs> would draw you in anyway. Cause what, well, that's an amazing just broadcast name. Um, yeah. who I found through you because another cool thing about Twitch is, is when the streamer is done streaming, if he has a big audience, he can throw his audience to another streamer like going, and Hey, he we're going to syndicate. Yeah. So it's like, Hey, I'm going to send you, I'm going to go, go watch my friend. They're really good. I'm going to send you over to them. And it just it seamlessly just finishes theirs and you don't have to do anything. It just routes you over right to the new thing, which is, which I think again is brilliant, right? It allows people to, you know, sort of stay engaged, but Through chat and stuff, like, I kind of developed this relationship with Rick. And then Rick came into town for a conference, right, for a streaming conference. Yeah. And we all got together, and I've never met this guy, but, like, all I wanted to do was just give him a big hug. Like, I was so excited about meeting him in person. And when I say that like that, it's – because I'm an old guy and the whole idea of developing online relationships wasn't something when we were kids, it almost sounds weird, but it's really not because you meet these people just through a, a common interest. Cause you're watching something that you're both interested in. And then you end up talking right in this sort of chat environment. And you feel like, like I would consider Rick a friend of mine and I've physically been around him one time, right? Like in the last two years.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's, it is wild. And, and, you know, we both got to meet Rick on the same weekend. He came to town for dream hack and uh, you know, I'm, we're waiting, you know, we're all getting ready to meet up at uh what is it? It's called park bar. I think park bar. Yeah. Park bar. Oh, wait. Um over next to Centennial. The plug for <laughs> park bar <laughs> Um, uh, over, uh, over next to Centennial and, and we're sitting there waiting and you show up and we're just kind of, I, I walked over there with Rick and I look over and I was like, wow, oh, Sean says he's here. And then I see Sean come out from the other side of the room and just wrap Rick up in a big <laughs> hug. And I was like, this is literally they they probably just said, Hey, and then <laughs> hugged. Like it was it was crazy. And then we had a great meal. We all sat around and talked to each other and had a had a couple other people there from from chat. And it was it's it's interesting because because you're conversating with these people on their streams, or they're in your stream talking to everybody, you learn these bits and pieces about people's lives. And it's, it's interesting how much I know about a person I never met in real life. You know, it's, it's kind of odd, but at the same time, it's pretty awesome because I feel like there's any number of people in my chat, if I ever met them in real life, it would be just like that. It'd be like, what's going on, man? Like hug, you know, it's, it's, it's wild. And, and I've met so many people that I would never would have met you know, because of being on Twitch and uh, and the the community thing like you brought up, like sharing communities is huge. We've got quite a few other streamers that we that that frequent in, in my channel and I frequent in their channel. And then, you know, slowly you get you start getting those people who like the bump between the two because like we're not always on. So maybe the other person's on. Mm-hmm. And then chances are people I hang out with in this channel are going to be in that channel. Um, so that's usually where the common interest starts um, but it can come from anywhere. Like I've, there's a couple of PUBG streamers I know. There's there's just quite a few people out there that you just meet at conventions and you meet online, and they end up being just fun people to talk to. It's it's wild.
0: The other thing I think that's very interesting about Twitch, which is sort of counterintuitive, and maybe I'm just cynical and you know a jerk. <clears throat> In most online ecosystems, right, where people are interacting. It tends to be, I shouldn't say it tends to be, a lot of the times it's very toxic. Like Hmm. Twitter, for example, right? Like Twitter's a place, like I use Twitter a lot because I follow, mostly I use it because I follow newsmakers or or people that are like around content I like. So like sports writers, because they'll tweet out articles or comedians because they'll do funny stuff or put you know I don't I don't use it a lot like I to interact with friends right it's more just to have like a custom kind of news feed but you've yeah. seen it man like somebody says something and like the twitter trolls or like just the meanies come out and just on tw- they will just destroy it's like that internet tough guy hiding behind their fake twitter handle destroying people you see that on facebook i think it's mitigated a bit because normally in facebook there's a personal relationship but Everybody's seen when someone's jumped into like a thread on politics on Facebook and just turned into an absolute asshole. Right. Yeah. What's also what, again, is interesting to me just in general, I feel like because of this community. Right. And everybody sort of again, it's like, well, I like this guy. If other people are here watching this guy, they're probably OK. Right, or they're, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like maybe there's some common ground. So I feel like there's an element of restraint in there too about people being respectful of one another just because they're there together and the streamer, right. which is kind of the common thread. But also it's great because the people in chat that are in your stream a lot and you give them a status, they're a moderator. So this is, just so you know, in chat, this is someone that you elevate to have the ability to literally moderate the chat. So the rare times you do get someone that comes in there, whether they're spamming, you know, porn links or just coming in there to say awful things. Mm -hmm. Wham, like people have the power to just nuke what they said, delete it, ban that person from coming in. And I just think it's, a, and I don't know if I've thought about it until right now, but it, it is such a, it is so, it seems like now it's so much more of a safe kind of fun don't deal with that shit environment than all the other platforms that i would consider like digital interaction type platform
1: yeah and and it's a weird ecosystem where it kind of takes care of itself i mean there are cases extreme cases where you know twitch may have to be involved if someone's ban evading where, where basically they make multiple usernames and keep coming back and harassing but it's not to say that that, that toxic behavior doesn't exist. It's just usually if you're, if you're watching a streamer, they're not going to put up with it for very long and it can just be gone. Now the people can still watch, they just can't interact with chat anymore. If you ban them, um, you can time them out. And you know, there's a couple of different ways of doing things. Like you can time people out for a certain amount of time and then they kind of put them in timeout and they, they can come back when they've served their time kind of thing. Or you can just straight up ban them and they can't come back in at all. Um, you know, and and you kind of build up this community where you've seen it before Where I've seen it in several channels where someone will come in and and they'll start talking shit. You know, maybe they saw you in a game and they wanted to come in and and rag you a little bit or maybe they were just popping through randomly and you see everyone kind of bristle. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like being in a bar with a bunch of friends and someone comes in and starts shit talking you. It's like, I got 30 other people here that are ready to kick your ass. Yeah, you well, it very much feels like that.
0: And a lot of times the streamers don't even have to say anything because your normal your regulars in chat will just annihilate them, right? It's not oh, even yeah. necessarily for you to address. Like it's just like the gang mentality of just like, oh, really? Like you want to come in here and like <laughs> piss in my living room? Like, no, no way. Um, yeah.
1: There's so many times where I've been playing a game and then, you know, stuff will be going on and I'll look over at chat and I'll be like, Well, what happened? Like people like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just handed that guy his ass and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? I have to scroll up and I see that there's like someone came in and was just talking shit. And all of a sudden, all their messages are gone and deleted.
0: (laughs) The best part is, is is when someone gets nuked, it doesn't actually just erase it. It says deleted by moderator. So you just have all these lines of that person's screen name showing that all of their comments got got. um got nuked. Um the other thing that's cool is is you can also just moderate for things that aren't necessarily severe. So a great example is is again depending on because these things live on right in video on demand for a certain mm-hmm. amount of time in clips. But I've even been a situation where like an example would be like everyone's joking around in chat and you take a joke too far. You know yeah. what I mean? And the streamer's just like, mm, come on. Like, you know, whether it's an off-color comment or something and, you know, you can just put, like, look, I'm, I'm not going to ban you but we're going to nuke that because you know, yeah. you went too far. You, you took the joke well, too far.
1: <laughs> right. And there, there's situations where people start getting heated and talking about a subject and I, you know, I've had to be like, you guys need to cool it. Like, yeah. take it outside, go to, go to like, you know, whispers or, you know, private messages and, and talk it out. But you guys just can't just sit here and shit talk each other the whole time and just make chat feel weird, um, but it's it's such such an interesting model overall with Twitch and kind of what you were getting to when we were getting into this was you know you're trying to explain how it would be beneficial to business make you know to, to businessmen and and people who are running businesses uh, the perfect example of that and the people who have embraced it the most which makes sense game developers they'll make a channel for their games and they'll come on and they'll actually do you know game dev streams where they will come in and talk about hey here's some changes we got coming up in the update patch here's some footage of that here's you know the things you can look forward to they'll set up roadmaps just like you would in any business here's where we plan to be by the end of the year we're going to release three different updates we're going to have three new characters we're going to have all this stuff and i think that there could be businesses that could benefit from that um just by saying hey we're going to have a for lack of a better term, we're going to have something similar to like a stockholders meeting, you know, and we can be like, here's the state of the game. Here's the state of the business. Um, and I think it could be beneficial for businesses to, to do that or even have, you know, depending on what kind of environment you're in having, you know, a regular broadcast saying, you know, this is what we got done this week, or this is what you guys can look forward to. Um, it's interesting. It's, it really can be anything you want, but I, I always enjoy, like any of the games I like, a lot of the devs will do those live streams and they're so cool because they're, they're interacting with chat um, and they're telling you what they've got coming up. It's just such a cool tool to have.
0: Yeah, and I think to your point, you know, it feels like, and I could be wrong, and you've, you alluded to it, you know, talking about leveraging YouTube, you know, in relation mm-hmm. to the podcast. Um, it, you know, podcasting has always sort of been, or at least I think for the most part, it's what we're doing now. Right. It's record and release. Right. So mm-hmm. we're gonna tape. Maybe I have to do some post. Maybe I don't. When I'm done, I'll write a description. I'll push it up into my podcasting service and it'll syndicate out and let I'll let people know it's out there and then people come and listen to it. Um but I think and again, this also sort of goes back to this broadcaster pro thing too, like this idea twitch is kind of like a digital Roadcaster Pro. I mean, it's really like a television studio in a box, right? It's just, it's on, you know. So now I think what's really interesting and fun is when you start talking about, like, what we're doing now, which I've thought a lot about if I want to go down this road because I feel like it's a, like, I would need a couple things, like a new camera, some lighting, some other stuff. But right now, like, if I wanted to hook this up to Twitch, right, and push it out, to broadcast, mm-hmm. we could do this live, right? Yeah. And people could watch and you and I could watch chat. And if people wanted to ask questions or jump in and we could admit midi- it, and I know you've done this before, um, but it feels like now that sort of the recording capture technology with like this box that I have here starts to integrate seamlessly with like the broadcast technology that is Twitch, now you've legitimately got a little television studio right like at your fingertips like again i almost wish there was someone just because the bluetooth functionality or this thing is like i could call them right now because literally they would just drop right in right my phone's bluetooth to this thing and um, we should call krista um and uh <laughs> and uh and it would just be you know what i'm saying so like you could do whatever you wanted if i wanted to pull up a, like if i wanted to be like hey, let's listen to this thing that happened in the news today and talk about it. I could just go pull it up, hit play. You would hear it, right, in this thing. If if I pulled the video up on screen and you were watching, you could see it. And then we yeah. can move along. It's really just like almost like live producing a studio show, like or a variety show. And to your point about the possibilities being endless, I mean, whatever your content factor is, if there's an audience, like I have a friend that's trying – um, pretty hard to be like, has really gotten into like, you know, sort of life coaching and that sort of thing. And I'm like, this is, this is the platform. Like, this is a great platform. Like why aren't you doing this on the reg? Right. And start build your audience, like get on there and talk about, have guests do the things you're trying to do. Right. Like, and not only do you have it live, but it's saved. Right. So you also can use it as an on-demand thing for the future. It's just the possibilities at this point are almost endless.
1: Yeah, well, and you can you can integrate your uh, your actual YouTube account. You can connect it with your Twitch account, and when you're ready, you can push your VOD, your your video on demand, straight to straight to your YouTube channel. It lets you put in a description, everything, and it pushes it there for you. You don't even have to download it, edit it, put it up. If you're happy with what you did live, you just push that live, uh, you know, that live capture over to youtube once you're done and it goes up as your youtube video and you can actually post it as and have it be private until you go into youtube and set all your you know your hashtags and your keywords and all that stuff and then you can post it up and publish it public um it's kind of it's it, they're they're getting to where it's almost like you said seamless it'll be i'll be done and then i'll just push it it's like that's what i did with the, the couple of podcasts i did recently where i did them live on twitch um after I was done, I went through and made sure I didn't need to trim anything out. And once I was good, I just pushed the uh, podcast over to YouTube and it's up available for people to watch on YouTube. Um, But it gets crazy. Like it's not just, you know, a TV studio. It's, I mean, people do some, some wild stuff. I have a green screen in my room. Like, you know, you pull up the green screen and I can chroma key myself out and impose myself on anything I want. Uh, You know, a la the weather gal, you know, you're, you're in front of a green screen the whole time. But you know, you, you can do just about anything. I'm imposed over the game I'm playing. I'm imposed over the video we're watching in chat. Like, we'll be watching stuff on YouTube together. Be like, you see this crazy video of this guy doing this thing? And I'm down in the corner giving reacts to it. Um, and, and chat's able to watch it at the same time. It's like we can sit and watch these things together. Um, people do some crazy stuff on here. It's, mm-hmm. it's wild. It, it really is.
0: Another thing, I just wanted to, just thinking about that, because I'm looking at the Roadcaster. Another thing that's really cool about this, this is a pause for you guys that don't care. It has a marker button that I can just touch, and it drops a hard marker. So, like, when I get the end back to it, like, if I had a thing I know I needed to cut, or if I wanted to do timestamps, like, from this to this, we talked about Twitch. From this to this, we talked about you know, whatever from this to this. And when you do it and then when it outputs it, it's got your hard, it's got your flags. Like that's really awesome. Like pre built in. It's like, Ooh, I need to drop a mark right here. And then I'll remember later when I go through the marks, why did I mark this? Oh yeah. So anyway, that's but again, I'm just thinking in terms of production studios and like all the things you would need to make something go like those are just sort Mm -hmm. of the little bits that, you know, that feel pretty rad, but like there's, you know, I mean, and the thing is, is, like, what's funny is, again, as silly as it may sound to an older person, like, your streaming schedule, generally speaking, is is you, you're streaming Tuesday through Thursday, and then normally you'll have, like, a Sunday afternoon, evening kind of stream. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, Tuesday through Thursday, I mean, there are definitely nights where, like, the wife and I are doing something or I'm watching TV, but, like, if I don't have anything going on it really kind of is like going to the local pub and you kind of know who's going to be in there hanging around. And we're all doing it in the context of like what you're doing. Um, Not that you're not a draw, but um, but you know, it's like, you're going to see those folks. um, And then what's interesting too, if you're in early on a streamer and you've developed this weird sense of ownership and you almost (laughs) feel like it's your responsibility Right. Well, we we sort of alluded to it with the idea about dealing with, um, you know, trolls or people that are in there being jerks. But also, yeah. too, like when you see someone in the stream that you don't recognize, you feel this sense of responsibility to, like, make that person feel welcome and let them know they should come back. And that's also, too, to me, very counterintuitive to like the online. Like normally people aren't thinking about online interaction, like trying to make somebody feel good about being there. You know, it's usually mm-hmm. about it's this super transactional, like I agree with you or I don't, or I, then I'm going to move on. But you know, it's yeah. like making sure that if someone new shows up, it's like, oh, a new person. Let's, it's fun around here, right? Like you should, if you're if you're cool, you should stick around and come back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You don't, ha- you never have. At least in I, I don't feel in my chat, you never have that moment where where every, with like the music scratches and everyone like looks like who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like unless they come in and say something super stupid, which people have done, yeah, and everyone's just kind of like. Uh, <laughs> hi. How about let's start with hello? You know, it's just you know, you can completely you can have those moments, but for the most part, especially in in uh, any kind of stream like mine, people are gonna be like, "Hey, how's it going?" Like, try to get to know the people, and it's interesting because even sometimes when people come in and try to troll, you can turn them sometimes. Like, sure, you can be like, you just le- yeah, you can lean into it and be like, 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 what are you talking about? Like, let's 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 break this down for a second, and I'm, I want to try to figure out why you had to come in and immediately open with that line i mean someone that someone that's in my chat all the time mod kerps uh, he started off like that he came in drunk one time and just wanted to shit talk and we just weren't having it we we're just kind of like dude what's your problem like and he's like oh they're not just going to immediately ban me and then now he's been around for over a year now it's, and you it's get and you,
0: you game with him like you guys play yeah. game play together now games mm-hmm. um yeah it's interesting too because i think a lot of times it's It's silly. I mean, it's almost like everything you need to know you learned in first grade or whatever. But it's sort of that, like, responding. Like, those people are so conditioned to expect a certain response. Banned. Everybody jumps on and piles on. And that's what they're looking for. And then when they don't get that, then they lose the motivation to want to try to (laughs) kick the apple cart over. Because people just aren't taking the bait. You know what I mean? They're not doing what they expect. And then it's like, Oh. Wait a second,
1: right? There's just, there's just some, there's some times where it's just like everybody just stops and waits for the person to kind of punch themselves out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just kind of like you can see them losing steam. You're yeah. like, yep, there he goes. All right, what else you got? Then what happened? You know, yeah. kind of thing. And then they're either <laughs>
0: gonna just leave, or potentially be like, oh man, this is a cool space. Like I should have probably not come in here and tried to kick the apple cart over.
1: Now, 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 don't get me wrong. There are times where people have come in and said something, and instead of me playing with them, I'll just change my scene to where you just see the chat, and you'll see my you'll see my cursor go up to their name and click their name, and then I click ban, and you just see their you just see their messages all go away, and then I go back to the game and <laughs> <continue> playing. <laughs> Those are some of my favorite moments, and I'm sure I've banned some people that could could have been turned, but at the moment, just. Just depends, man. You know, you, you you can you can catch a friend on a bad day. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know. great
0: too, because the Twitch it, like there's another piece of equipment. I don't, we don't have to get too geary about this, but um it's um uh, it's called a stream deck and it allows you to change graphic. When he says changing scenes, it allows you to graphically change what people are seeing. Like most of the time you're seeing a monitor broadcast. Like again, if you're playing a game, it's broadcasting what's going out onto the monitor, but people build these, you have some super cool ones, right? Like just backgrounds, you know? So if you're not mm-hmm. playing a game and you're talking, there's something going on in the background or, um, or, or, or whatever. But normally people also have graphics set up for like their stream going offline. And it's usually like at the end of your stream, it's like your sign off and it's usually some kind of countdown. (laughs) Easily. My favorite thing that ever happens is when something goes so terribly wrong, you're like 10 (laughs) minutes into the stream and you realize something has gone wrong. And all of a sudden you just see the stream going offline countdown pop up. Like I I quit. (laughs) Like I just, I give up. And normally it's a gaffe. Obviously by the time the countdown's over, you come back to the stream. But those are like, I belly laugh a lot of the times. Like if you say something or do something and realize that like, uh, what did I just say? Or what just happened? It's like, I'm, I just am, I'm bye. <laughs>
1: bye. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's even funnier to me. If, if some, there, there's only been a couple of times where I've done this when you commit and you actually just close the stream, <laughs> like you just in the stream and then like five minutes later coming back. But that, that's just. To me is to me is just hilarious, and and you brought up the stream deck, which is like honestly though the what's really cool about the stream deck is the fact that you can do just about anything with it, um, even if it's not you know broadcast based, even if it's not streaming based. There's people who use these things in in you know with their Adobe Premiere, Photoshop, like they have presets set, but I use it as a tricaster almost, like I can change scenes with it. I can I can you know fire off uh, sound elements, so I can use it as a as a soundboard. Um, I mean, any number of things. I can pop images up like so. Think about when you're watching The Daily Show, or if you're watching some some other news segment, and they have a graphic that pops up over their over their shoulder. You can do that with this thing. It's it's literally just a a tricaster that does so much more. Um, it's a really cool piece of equipment. It's probably the most vital piece of equipment as a streamer and a podcaster. Cause I've used this thing on my podcast too, as a soundboard, it's, it's so vital and it makes things so much easier. You can do all of it without it, but why if you don't yeah. have to,
0: well, and to your point, I mean, again, I think the, the platform has matured now, fortunately or unfortunately, where I think it's funny, like it used to just be whatever, but I think, a discerning twitch viewer now almost expects a certain level of production right in yeah. in their twitch stream like it's just like oh you don't have a like to your point you don't have a green screen, and it doesn't even have to be green screen because sometimes people don't green screen and they you'll just see them in a box where you can see behind them you know at their desk mm-hmm. or wherever where they're you know where they're sitting in front of their pc but you know it's like wait you don't have a I'll be right back, you know, cause obviously streams generally can be anywhere. I mean, there are people that full-time job, right. They stream eight hours a day, um, yeah, yeah. you know, or in your case, a lot of times the streams are four hours, four to five hours. Right. And it's like, Hey, I got to OP. Right. Yeah. So you just build in a, like you hit the thing and the, the game goes away and this nice graphic pops up that says I'm, I'm out. In your case, it says, uh, you know, beer, urination, be right back, <laughs> be back. yeah it's just, uh, a, it's
1: just a be right back screen so people know that you're still there because some people just get up and leave the chair empty and it's just kind of weird you know right, <laughs> so, right but but some people don't care it just depends on on the taste but it's just a nice touch it's the little details it's like the roadcaster you got there. It's just the little details i'm able to mark things you know i'm able to do this and it's just the the knowing that like even though i don't need a transition where where my logo flashes across the screen and then it's the next scene it just feels nice like in a lot of the stuff yes a lot of the stuff is more so probably for the streamers peace of mind but it just gives it a good production quality even if and and it's fun to see people fuck that up like, it's yeah. fun to be like it'll be like I'll like i'll hit a button and i'll start talking and i'll look over and be like oh shit i'm not even on the right scene like and, and people are like professional streamer by the way like or <laughs> just, heaven forbid
0: you go to a standby screen like in between games and then go back to playing the game and don't change your scene so people can see uh, the game. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's that's, it's it's ridiculous. That's it, actually it really another is. fun
0: thing about chat because you can set up your chat to where people in the chat can and it again like talking about like how n- nice generally your chat audience is. There are mm-hmm. actually commands you can put in there that will play audio cues right it, like so So he set one up to where if he goes to play a game and doesn't change like he has this cool bar scene right that is set up to like if he's just chatting like there's a bar behind him with a bunch of beer taps and he, you know you can just talk so it gives you that's like we're just talking sort of thing but then he goes into game and he doesn't remember to change it so you can see the game he's playing the game but all we still see is just him at this bar <laughs> so he set up this alert that basically starts yelling at him right to change to change his scene and he has Hates it like I'm amazed that so you've much. left it there. Like I'm surprised at this point because you really do hate it.
1: I it it drives me crazy. <laughs> like I and, it, and it's not even like it's more so me misdirecting my my rage at myself for not changing the scene <laughs> into that sound because all it's from Ferris Bueller. It's just a guy going asshole. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. That's a different one. It's uh, it's it's the Hello McFly. Yeah, Hello. It's from Back to the Future two and it, yeah And it grates my nerves when that thing goes off. I'm just like, Oh, (laughs) like here's what's funny is
0: it makes you so mad. And I know that I literally won't do it anymore for fear of reprisal. (laughs) Like I just write in regular chat. Hey man, change your scene. Hey bud, scene, scene, change your scene. (laughs) Cause I'm like, I may set him off. If I play this change your scene sound right now,
1: chat, usually they, they, you guys have started giving me breathing room on it. You're like, (laughs) like, We gave you like five minutes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) We've played half a match of dead by daylight and we're still looking at the, uh, at the raining outside, um, sitting at the bar with the rain out outside
1: cafe scene. Yeah. Uh,
0: it's about time, time to go. Um, do you feel like, I know when we talked about when you were starting to do Twitch, you, I know you were excited about it, but I felt like you were maybe a little unsure. When you first started with it, um, you've clearly developed a nice little community, you know, there, do you, is it, do you feel like you are achieving or moving towards what you wanted and are you still getting a lot out of it?
1: Um, I think the, what I my what my expectations were when I started have changed drastically, but they've changed a pretty good bit. Um, at first you get in and you're really excited. It's the new car. Like it's that new car smell. I've been doing, I've been doing the podcast for six years, seven years. Um, this was new. It was live. So there's a little more stakes. Well, there's not that much stakes to it. It's not like it's, you know, regulated FCC radio where, you know, you can't say a bad word. It's still live. So you kind of have to be on and, and have to be chatty and stuff like that. Um, and I love that aspect of it. I think the thing I love the most about it is having the chat that we talked about so much because you, like I said, you get to know these people, you look forward to seeing them and talking to them see what's been going on with them. You worry about them when you haven't seen them after a while, you know, I can't imagine where that
0: comes from. Yeah, (laughs) well,
1: absolutely. Like the, like, so you would, when we first started doing this, you would be there every time, even if you weren't there for the whole chat, you pop in and say, Hey, and blah, blah, blah. And you know, a few streams went by and I was like, "Eh, I haven't seen. I haven't seen him in a while, but I knew you were getting ready for that trip up to Kentucky and all that stuff. And I was like, well, maybe he's just busy leading up to that. I'm sure, you know, he's, he's a working man. So, um, and then after a while, I was like, I just need to check. I just need to see what's going on. And, uh, you know, eventually I found out that you, you know, you'd gone to the hospital and, and all that had transpired uh, after that. Um, but, you know, you, you can tell when people aren't there. Like there's there's people now that I'm thinking like, I wonder what that person's doing because I haven't seen them in a while. Um, and usually they're here so and and, and look naturally sometimes people just kind of float away from your channel because they find other things they, they they get interested in other games and it's more than more than normal so it doesn't bother me but you know someone who's there and there and there and there and there and then not there like usually it tapers off a little bit they'll start showing up two times a week instead of three times a week or they'll start showing up one time a week you know and and so you worry about that kind of thing so I think the thing that i've enjoyed most and that I've gra- gathered most from it i thought would be Oh, I'm gonna play video games and make a little extra money on the side, and you know, and and be able to do you know a show that I'd like doing that I enjoy. I still get that, but I've built these relationships, which is wild, and I didn't expect that. And I think at first, especially getting into it, once I hit like because so you got like levels of involvement, I guess you could say, like in this project mayhem that is Twitch. <laughs> you 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 come in and you're just a regular streamer, but if you garner certain amount of follows and, and a certain you know average of viewership you get affiliateship and then there's a step above that called partnership which I haven't reached yet I'm not sure if I really will or if I really want to now I, it used to be a goal for me but I've met a lot of partners and and it doesn't really change that much other than the fact that you're you give a give up a lot of your time to get there um, so I don't think I, I think my goal now when I fire it up is just to it's my relaxed time. Like I would normally be playing video games. So I want to have, you know, I want to play the game I want to play and I want to talk to my chat. So the game is secondary to me. And I've, I've said that several times the game is just there and I'm playing it and it's fun. But the fun part for me is, is interacting with the chat. So I I guess my goals aren't the same uh, as they used to be, but I'm still getting a lot of satisfaction out of it.
0: I think that, I mean, this is no, knock on your your marksman like um (laughs) adeptness at first person shooters but i think most of the people that are really engaged with it's about you it's really not about the game Mm -hmm. i think the game drives people there right because someone might say oh i really like dead by daylight this is a dead by daylight streamer or i really like hunt showdown this is a hunt showdown streamer Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but i you know and and here's what's funny just from watching a lot of Twitch, I feel like there are a lot of streamers that feel like it's about their gameplay, and it should. It can't be, right? Here's the thing. If you're Shroud, okay, right? So for those of you that don't know, Shroud is a guy that plays first-person shooters. He was a pro gamer. He is a freak about the game, right? Like shooting, aiming, winning. He's like otherworldly. Right. When it comes to like the game part of it, he's got a huge audience. But there's like there's a handful of those guys in the world. Right. That you again, it's sort of like basketball, like you'll watch, you know, LeBron James because he's LeBron James. Right. But nobody's going to watch your pickup game. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you're interesting. Right. Maybe they will because the basketball then just becomes the backdrop. Right,
1: maybe your shit talk in the pickup game is why people show up. Cause like this is funny. Like yeah. it's 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 kind of like that.
0: Yeah, but I feel like you know, again, most of your audiences. I mean, the gameplay is good because I think a lot of times your commentary and also the fact that you play with games with people in your community tends mm-hmm. to lend itself towards a lot of moments that are fun, right and funny. Yeah. But the to me the game is very secondary to. I, I'm not coming there to watch you play a game. Right. Like I, I watch you play a game, but that's hardly the driver.
1: Yeah. And it's it depends streamer to stream. Like I've seen I've got friends that are that are streamers that have upwards of one to two thousand people watching them at any given time if they're playing their main game. Because there are some people who just want to see they, they want to watch a streamer, but they also want to watch that streamer playing that game because they understand the game. So they know how that streamer ticks with that game. Um, and there's, there's some guys who are locked into that because they're making a lot of money. Um, you know, streaming to 2000 people, uh, subscriptions and donations and stuff like that. And anytime they step into another game, you're talking about, you're talking about them losing over half their audience because there's people there to watch that game. I think that's a little bit different than what I've got going on. Obviously these guys are doing it for a living as a full-time job. I have no intention to ever do it as a full-time job. It would just have to actually absolutely explode one day. And then I'd be like, Oh, I could do this as a job. But like the goal has to be, I want to show up and I want to do this way before it's like, this needs to be a full-time job. So if it happens, it happens. But I think, I think at first I was, I was kind of of that. Ooh, if I work really hard, I'll get there. Um, but I also like my time with my family. I like my time hanging out with my friends and stuff like that. So Um, I can't really put that kind of time into it to, to kind of keep myself shut in the the office that long, (laughs) you know,
0: we'd have to come get you some like lamps to make sure you get vitamin D and all that sort of stuff. You're just in the, just in the basement, just he's, he's on a 10 hour stream. Although I I'm still convinced I'm going to talk you into doing a 24 hour stream at some point.
1: It'll happen. I'm sure it'll (laughs) happen. I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I'll have to have like I don't know a tub of of multivitamins. I don't know what's gonna happen in here, but you yeah. know, one day I think I will. For you sure. may
0: have to get some subs. Like you might to see if you could talk your wife into like sitting in for an hour and doing something like to give you a little bit of a break. I think that's a little bit that's acceptable.
1: I would definitely have to plan it out. We'd have a couple different things we did, like maybe a couple different games. Definitely, maybe have her come in and chat for a little while. Maybe take call take calls from the audience and actually talk to people. You know, um, but I think it could be fun. I think it could absolutely be fun.
0: <laughs> well, I, I I just think the platform's cool. If you know, I'll put the link to, uh, to Lopez Radio, the Twitch channel in the description. Um, you can go there and and come see us. Come see these assholes. Um, yeah, come check these assholes out. I, I guarantee, if you stick around long enough, you'll get a laugh or two out of the. If not for just one or two people that are guaranteed without, <laughs> without fail, are gonna flip some quality zingers at you. In yeah,
1: there's some there's some, there's some, some snipers in there for sure. Yeah, some I mean, not,
0: not zingers at you, but just we'll comment on the flow of what's going on that will make you <laughs> laugh out loud, right? Like, funny. Yeah. And we talk a lot about food. Uh, we talk, a, and then we, and honestly, the puns are, there's an inordinate number of puns, right? Like a play it's ridiculous. plays on words. Uh, yeah. It's a... It's a and you and and it's pretty easy I think to figure out too like who the players are, like you don't have to spend you don't have to spend a whole lot of time in chat (laughs) until you figure out.
1: Think about talking about delicious food and that's what she said. Jokes like over and over again. Yeah,
0: that's (laughs) exactly right. Um, And a a fair amount of making fun of you, right? Like that. Oh yeah. There's a healthy amount of of there's almost there's there's certainly a self deprecating element to probably anybody that does it well you know what I mean
1: it's it's a very roasty environment <laughs> <laughs> for sure
0: but i'll uh, i'll put that in there so another thing i wanted to talk to you about um because i think this is amazing uh so last night um the comedian kevin hart uh did a couple of pop-up shows at the laughing skull in atlanta there's a place in atlanta called the vortex it's a pretty well-known like joint that has this cheeseburger that'll kill you i don't want to get too much into it but in the back they have a comedy club so it probably seats what 100 people 70 oh so jeremy got tickets to see kevin hart last night and i need to know how it was
1: it was amazing um so i woke i'll start with the story how i figured this out so i woke up yesterday just going about my my day normally i let the dogs out when laid back in bed, we were watching some TV, kind of thumbing through, uh, you know, Instagram, and I follow the the Laughing Skull on Instagram, and uh, they had a picture of Kevin Hart. They're like, like, come see Kevin Hart, you know, in an intimate setting or whatever it said. So like, come see Kevin Hart at the Laughing Skull tonight. Uh, tickets are on sale now. Hurry up. And I thought, you know, sometimes you go into Instagram or you go into Twitch, and sometimes you're seeing a post from like the night before. I was like Sunday morning okay, this must be from last night. I scroll down and I look, and the post was made like 10 minutes ago. And I was like, wait a minute. I go to their site, and sure enough, there's two shows, a 7.30 and a 9.30 show for Kevin Hart in The Laughing Skull. And I was like, this guy is like as big as it gets as far as stand-up comedy right now. He like, plays he like really Madison is. Square Garden, right? Like yeah, 30,000 this, this gentleman. People. Yeah, he sold out Madison Square Garden for yeah. like multiple nights in a row Yeah. Um, before he released his last special or one of his specials. And, um, I was like, this is kind of crazy. And they were only charging 30 bucks for the tickets, Ugh. 30 bucks. And I was like, okay. So I hit up, I hit up my buddy crucial cause uh, we were just talking about uh, shows we wanted to go see like the night before. And I was like, Hey, would you go see Kevin Hart? And he was like, yeah. And I knew that we, I mean, 70 seats. So you have 140 tickets available to people. So I was like, I was like, I know we didn't have a lot of time. So I was like, all right, cool. So I got the tickets and I was like, holy shit we're going to go see Kevin Hart tonight in a really tiny room. Like literally I'm looking and he is as close to me as I am from sitting in my bed to my TV on the wall. Like, mm. and I'm just like, this is fucking nutty. Mm-hmm. Um, the show was good. Here's the deal. And all you Atlantans listen up. He's filming, a, he's filming a movie in town. He told us this all before the show started. He's like, here's what's going on. I'm going to be stuck in Atlanta for four months filming a movie, but I want to start working on my new material for my next, uh, special. So for the next four months, three to four times a week, I'm going to be here at the laughing skull. Wow. And he's like, I urge you to come out early and then come out maybe a couple more times throughout the next four months and just watch how I develop my special. And then literally last night he was reading notes off his phone and doing bits off of his phone. He was like, here's, here's a story I had, blah, blah, blah. And he would start, he would start working, working this bit out and he was just killing it. He was, he was destroying Um, off of notes on his phone and it taught me two things. Um, it taught me, uh, that, that, you know, I really enjoy the craft of watching uh, a comedian put their, put their stuff together. Um, one of my favorite times seeing Bill Burr was he was, did an unannounced show. One of the last nights the punchline was open. He wanted to perform at the punchline one more time before they closed the original room. Um, and he, he just put out a special, so he didn't have any new material. He was literally standing up there with a notebook and talking to the crowd the whole time. Mm. I like that so much more because you get to see how something develops. Um, so I learned how much I loved that process even more so because I'm like, you just get to see it unfold. I, um, I also, uh, learned that I need to start taking more notes on my phone. Cause I was like, he was like, he turned his phone around and he did that and it's just like a shit ton of notes just Mm -hmm. flying by on his phone and um uh, it was just so cool to see and to know that he'll be doing that three or four times a week for the next four months is really cool 30 dollars. so i think all they're going to do is just whenever he's they're going to announce it the morning of and you go get tickets when they announce it on instagram um
0: i need to follow the laughing skull on instagram
1: you should you should it was it was surreal because we were talking about. I was talking about it with with my buddy Crucial, and uh we were. I was like, you know, how much do you think seats this close to Kevin Hart in an arena would be? And easy, it's five to seven hundred bucks for, to sit I that I bet more, but
0: at least that. Pro-
1: probably before you know, Ticketmaster got a hold of it and said, "These are high demand. We're going to jack up the price." Oh no, um, I was
0: thinking about the aftermarket because normally you couldn't get them. Yeah, it's that's probably face face value but it's yeah by the time they make it a stub hub there's there a $1, thousand fifteen hundred bucks
1: easily sure. and you're talking about a room that holds 70 people it's not very big at all it's a, it's a beautiful room and um he performed for probably almost an hour and a half no opener he just walked out there they announced him he walked out and he started bullshitting with everybody he just went through all of his uh, you know all of the stuff he wanted to do his new materials like he's like if you come back over the next few months you'll see how I turn this jumbled mess of me reading notes to you guys and, and bullshitting about it. I'm going to turn it into an entire story from start to finish. And uh, so I'm just like, so I, I, I even talked to my wife. I was like, we, we'll come back in a month and see what it, where it's at. You know, I, I plan on going back a couple times. So um, it could be a whole hell of a lot of fun, but it was it was surreal. Like there's only a few situations. And I knew when I saw that post, I was like, This is something I didn't know at the time. It was going to be a series of stuff. I was like, "This is something that doesn't happen all the time," so I'm going to try to jump on it. Um, But yeah, I would I would urge you to go see it because even though it's not even a fully put together set, it was still I was still grabbing my sides, laughing so hard.
0: Yeah, I just uh, while we were talking, just followed them on Instagram. Uh, Turn
1: on those notifications for that one. I, I love that, by the way, how you can turn on notifications for one particular account so when they make a post it alerts you um and so i've got that turned on and and stuff like that because i'll definitely be going back i love that that club anyway i love watching comedy in a small space um i think it's the way you're supposed to see comedy you're not supposed to see stand-up comedy all the time in like a giant theater or a giant arena it's meant to be kind of an intimate you know let's hang out and and we're in a room telling dirty jokes kind of thing it's pretty cool
0: yeah i i that's and and here we are. I we've talked about this before and here I am doing it again. I feel like I don't go see stand up a lot. Then I do and say to myself, "Why don't I do this all the time?" I mean, yeah. we know what's well, actually how we met, right? It was through Jamie bindle who's the guy that owns The Punchline. Mm-hmm. Shout out to The Punchline. Um <laughs> that's more just cuz I like playing with the soundboard on my roadcaster. And so far the only sound I have on there is the ringing endorsement bell.
1: That's how it starts, man. Before you know it, you're going to have so many sounds, you won't know where they're at.
0: Um, I know. It's weird because they light up. You can color code them and stuff, which is kind of crazy. But um, anyways, um, seeing people like that, like even the old punchline, which probably, I mean, if I had to guess on the old punchline, it was probably what? 250,
1: 200? If that, yeah. I I mean, because it was tables.
0: So it's not like it's standing room, right? So that eats up a ton of the space. It might be less just because everybody's sitting at a table.
1: Yeah, Um, it felt like more like 150 or so. It wasn't very big,
0: but it was. You would just go in and see someone. And that's what's interesting to me about the stand up world because they're clearly like mega comedians, right? Like obviously, Kevin Hart is one of them. Um, Chris Rock, Chappelle, um, but two things that I think are unique to comedy like that, which are awesome, is is there are comedians you know that are hysterical, and when they tour, those are the rooms they play, right? They're not everyone's not touring and doing the Tabernacle or the Fox, right? Like they're going into like those kind of clubs. The other thing is exactly what Kevin Hart's doing. They're not going to go into a room with three thousand people to work shit out. Right? They're going to go into small rooms, get a feel for what works, um, you know, hash through it. That's why I tell people a lot, it's like, I'm telling you, if you go to Los Angeles and you like comedy, just pick a random night, go online in the morning and get tickets to the comedy store for that night, and you have no idea. I had a buddy that went like six months ago to LA and I told him he rolls up on a Tuesday night at the, at the comedy store and it's Rogan Chappelle, Tom Segura and, uh, He paid $18 (laughs) and it was like four and a half hours because a lot of them are doing stuff and some of them are just fucking around. Right. Like they're yeah. just in there just working the crowd, just bit. like Rogan's talked about this, like he works out bits, but he's like, man, a lot of the times I just go up there. Cause I get to hang around with other comedians. And I feel like yeah. that's a good, you know, if you're a comedian, it's good to hang around other people that are good and just see what they do and listen. And it's like, people don't, it's LA. Right. So I think for someone not from LA, you see people in LA all the time, right? If you go anywhere, but it's not that big a deal. But if you're not from there and you're interested in that, because the comedy store ain't very big. Right. And it's just like, and now it's like every time Holly and I talk about going to LA, I was like, we're going to the comedy store when we go out there, just because you never know.
1: (laughs) You never know. So, and, and the, usually, the weeknights, like the middle of the weeks are usually the best because all the big comedians have, you know, a club they're going to somewhere else in the U S on the weekend, because that's when you make the money. Um, we did a, a random Thursday night when we were doing our little, uh, tour day, California a few years ago. And, um, the night we went, it was, uh, let's see who was there. Rogan was there. Sebastian Maniscalco, oh. Chris D'Elia. Um, 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 who else? There was, David Spade um, it was wild it, there was just so there were so many there were so many people there um, Kevin Nealon um, just some just one after another they were just every they, they were only going up there doing 15 20 minute sets and it just keeps going and it goes until the wee hours in the morning you just get people just get up and leave after a while like because literally someone goes up they do their set they bring the next comedian up it's just a continuous revolving door and, and I'll tell you what, um, the, that's probably one of the, the best times I've had comedic wise. Um, also New York is the same way. You got the comedy cellar in New York that does that and, and a place called the stand, which is excellent. Like I literally sat in front of a, a stage that was probably six inches off the ground and Jim Gaffigan stands right in uh-huh. front of me doing, working on his new stuff, which is, it's wild to me. He's, he's one of the bigger comedians out there. Um, but Atlanta's kind of getting that scene because because of Hollywood being in Atlanta um, and more and more now. Uh, you got a lot of people working on movies, and they're stuck here for a while. So if you ever go onto to the Laughing Skulls website and you see the best of Atlanta uh, on a weekend, it's just going to be a round robin of, of mostly local comedians. But anyone who's in town usually stops through. There was one night in particular... That uh, I was, I was, went to some event in Atlanta and we were hanging out with one of my stepsister and her husband and one of their friends. We we're at Park Bar of all places. we were sitting around just talking shit and they were, for some reason, we brought up comedy. And I was like, Well, you guys have the punchline here. We have the Laughing Skull. And they were like, Oh, I hadn't heard of the Laughing Skull, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, yeah, it's attached to the Vortex uh, in Midtown. And the best of Atlanta is the best time to go because sometimes people randomly pop up. And we kind of moved on from that, and then we we did this long conversation about Dave Chappelle. We just, like, how much we loved his specials, how much, all this stuff. I, I, I got up the next morning. We spent the night with them. I got up the next morning, and uh, I was looking through Instagram, and they were like, we want to thank Dave Chappelle for uh, popping into the laughing skull last night. We were literally just down the street. <laughs> uh, I was like, damn it. Like, so more and more pop-ups are happening on the weekends, too, in Atlanta, because it's getting more of a scene, which is great but to me the small club environments where it's at you don't have to wait for some big comedian to come through in a theater you can see some really good stuff in a small theater or a small uh club
0: and there's been a lot of things here too like i mean chappelle you know from his four special release he just did on netflix one of those was taped to the tabernacle and Mm -hmm. i think he did six nights in a row there and sold them all out like six straight nights
1: he's a monster and he's one of the guys i haven't seen yet amazingly i've seen so many and i I haven't seen him yet. Um, I was, I got to be in the audience for a Rogan special at the tabernacle and a bill Burr special, at the tabernacle. And that place is just excellent for music anyway. I mean, it's, to me, it's one of the best venues around. Um, but comedy there is really fun. I mean, a lot of stuff comes to Atlanta, a lot of stuff. Um, but you'd be surprised at the names that will come through on some of these, uh, smaller clubs. You
0: know, it's funny. I've, one of my things that's always like kind of a bucket listy thing for me, um, Mm -hmm. that'll probably never happen. But, uh, I think I want to try to go do five minutes at an open mic. (sighs) I, I mean, and let me preface this by saying this is not at all driven by, Oh, I could, I could kill and do five minutes. It's more like, I know how hard it is mm-hmm. and just for the, like, could I make myself go up there? Right. Like just from a sheer force of will. Right. Can I go up there knowing I'm probably going to be terrible, but just to give it a shot. I mean, yeah, cause I do feel like I'm a decent storyteller or at least that's feedback I've gotten from people before. Right. Um, Crafting the content is a whole different animal, right? That's the hard part, right? Like if I've got a real story that just happened, you know, I can, there's, you know, you got those stories in your hip pocket, right? That have happened in your life that you tell and people like, Oh, people think that's funny. But, Mm -hmm. um, I just, I think I want to do that just for my own, just to say I did it right. Knowing that it's completely impossible, right? It's, it's so hard. But it, but I just wonder how it would go. Like there's sort of a weird morbid curiosity of going up there and just completely bombing. But, um, I would love to just know what the experience is like, because it really is of such a pure, I mean, as someone that used to play music, you know, cause people say this all the time. It's like, well, you played music. I'm like, yeah, but that's not the same. Right. Like I don't, you don't really need the feedback. You know what I'm saying? Like a, it's not the same as making people laugh it's way harder right way harder Mm -hmm. to make people laugh than to just get up there and play a song right like strum strung and sing a song um but i i I, i've told Bendel this before and he's just like yeah come on you know come do it and i just have never i've never pulled the trigger
1: you know it's weird i i've i've thought about it before i don't No, if I ever would like even as much as I like to do like live stuff and and hang out it's it's much different like it's so much different when you're having to stand in front of people and try to get they're there to laugh and you need to like, and you're there to try to make them laugh Mm -hmm. and and one thing I meant to lead with when we started talking about this is even with a guy like Kevin Hart right as big as it gets as big as it gets and, and as a comedian to be in a room with 70 people there's still, regardless of how big the star is, there's still an element of vulnerability. You're watching a guy by himself on a stage, especially in Kevin Hart's situation where he's just trying out content. Like, he's just trying out material, and you're kind of like, this takes balls. Like, he doesn't even know if it's funny, and he's just going to bring it up and talk about it. Um, And it doesn't matter how big or how small the comedian is. The vulnerability factor is there. And, um, I think that's a big draw to seeing it live. That's why that's kind of what gives you that feeling of like, like you said, I won't go for a long time and then I'll go and be like, why wasn't I going so much? Because you get to see these people be really vulnerable in front of a whole room of people. Um, and it's, it's, you can tell it's humbling even though you're at a big level. And I think the smaller rooms are even more nerve wracking probably than the big arenas. Cause after a while the crowd gets big enough. It's just a sea of faces. It doesn't even look like it just becomes one gelatinous thing. It's not even like it's, you don't even see it as a bunch of individual people. But when you're in a room where you can, you can see the guy's face in the very back row of the room, it's much different. And probably I'm, I'm wondering, you might be able to tell me this. Is that kind of the same performing music? Like, is it different to perform to 10 people in a bar? 100%. Right. So, uh,
0: (laughs) like 5000 people is and I I tell you this from experience is a it's not individuals it's a mass right it is yeah. a it is a single monster right <laughs> that's waving and moving in the wind and the thing is too is I think with the big shows is you almost I shouldn't say you can't fail because you could certainly go up there and trip and fall on your face. But when you're in a room with 5,000, 10,000, 30,000 other people, A, they come there with an expectation, right? Which I think helps you, right? Like if they know you, right? B, they want to be entertained, right? Right they there's not a level of skepticism. You know, they're coming there going, Oh, this is gonna be good, right? People don't buy tickets and go to shows going, This is gonna stink. Um but then also too, if there are people that are borderline, the people that aren't borderline will drag them along with them. Right. So if you, mentality. yeah. So if you do something and people react, um then you know, everyone else goes, Oh you know what I mean? Like that was great, right? Playing for 20 people is nerve wracking. Playing for 5,000 people is not all that nerve wracking. Playing for 20 right. people is nerve wracking because they are individuals, right? Like you can see, and I've, I don't know if I've told you this story before, and it, I'll have to describe this because it's not a visual, but one time we were playing down in, um, we were playing in Tallahassee, Florida, and there's a place down there called Floyd's, right? Floyd's music store, or what it might've been Yanni's. Either way, um, it's a little room. And you know those baling, those like those big spools that like baling wire is around that people will flip over and turn into like high top tables. Yeah. They had those things in there with like stools and people would sit. (laughs) So believe it or not, we opened for Creed and this was before this was before Creed was Creed, right? They were still a kind of a local, you know, they were starting to kind of break. There were the five of us, three bartenders, two barbacks, like the manager of the club, the bouncer that worked the front door, and two dudes in the place when we started. (laughs) So staff, there was three times as much staff as patrons. There was a guy in the back row with like six Budweiser, Budweiser bottles on his uh, On his table We start to play And about 90 seconds Into the thing We're looking at him And he's sitting there Resting his Resting his chin On his hand Imagine sitting on this spool With just He's just there p- Hammering beers Just by himself It's what 7.40 8 o'clock at night Or something You know what I mean Yeah And we look up at him And after about a minute and a half He just shakes his head And just thumbs down Thumbs just gives us the thumbs down. (laughs) Doesn't say a word, just head shake. Thumbs down. And like, we all saw it and just immediately started to laugh. Like, what do you do there? Right? Like, but it's just like vulnerable is exactly the right word, right? When it's 10, 15, 20 people, like you're just exposed. I experienced it a lot too, doing like the cover acoustic thing, right? Like, I'd have a gig at, like, the Dixie Tavern, right, up in Marietta or something. And in those scenarios, it's even different because you're playing that. Late night, that can turn into a party, right? Like, everybody starts drinking and it gets... Cr- 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 but, you know, they want you to start at, like, 9 and play till, like, 2 a.m., you know, or something like that, you know, or start at 10 and play to 2. Midnight or so, things start cracking. Man, people in there eating are eating, li- are eat- in there eating, like, potato skins and nachos. You know what I mean? Their kids are in there. They're all sitting at right. tables. And, like you break out into doing like an Oasis song and people are just like, really? Like, what is this guy? You know, and you're, and you're amplified. That's a thing too. Like you, you're just, you're amplified at such a level that you feel like every little thing is just out there, right? Like for everyone to hear. And yeah. it can be, you eventually get a little desensitized to it, but it a hundred percent can be a, it. it is. I mean, again, vulnerable is, absolutely the right word um but again comedy is way worse right because like yeah,
1: you don't I, even have a band to fall back on
0: no but even if it's just you playing solo like I had you know 200 songs in my repertoire that I knew and could play and you're just playing those songs right it's not but comedians especially these days they can't do that anymore because the internet and all that stuff the, the material has to be, Constantly Fresh. updated, right? And it has to constantly be like, I mean, every night of my life, for nine years, or every playing night of my life, I played, uh, friggin' uh, all along the Watchtower, and um, Last Dance with Mary Jane. You know what I mean? Or something like. There, there were these mm-hmm. songs that you're always going to play, and you've played them so much that they're almost rote. But the audience isn't expecting you to hit them over the head with something new. That's what's different about comedy. Friggin' brown eyed girl? There's people in a bar tonight screaming at some guy to play brown eyed girl, right? Or to play something <laughs> like that. You I don't think with a lot there's a whole lot of people like going, you know, to you know, like Chappelle and screaming. Do the, you know, do the black people on a plane like black people don't take black hostages bit. Right. It's right. the opposite. Like I've, I need, give me something else. Right. So, yeah,
1: we've heard that one. We need to hear some new stuff from you. It's, it's weird. Um, because yeah, you have to be like that. That's why a lot of comedians, they'll record their special and wait so long before they release it because they've got to build up the new material, but still be able to go out and work the road with their old materials until they got enough. To let it go, um, you know. Uh, the other thing I, I I didn't bring up. This is the first time I've been. I'd heard Chappelle doing this before, but this was a no cell phone show. Of course. And so when you when you walked in, they gave you a they gave you this neoprene bag, and you slid your phone in this bag, and and it sealed shut. It was like it uh, for those that have never seen them before. they're like uh, they're like sent security tags on a on a on a piece of expensive clothing at a department store. They got to take those little tags off when you leave. Right. Um, so the bag closes in, in your phones and you get to hold your phone. It's fine. They don't they don't check it or anything like that. But uh, i would never been to one like that. And and then they, they release your phone at the end of the night because he's working on new material and he's a big comedian. So people are assholes and you can't trust them to not bring out their phone and record his set and put it up online somewhere. And it's- I think someone and I even told Krista last night, I was like, someone's going to do it anyway. Yeah, because someone's an asshole. Yeah, um, <laughs> but they they're trying, and I that, I thought that was wild because I'd never experienced that before.
0: So it's interesting. So Holly, my wife, because she's in media, like we get invited to movie screenings mm-hmm. um, that are like media, you know, screenings, and that is that's been going on for a while in that world.
1: Oh, common practice there, right?
0: One hundred percent. Just because. Well, here's the thing: if you get a big enough movie where they do a media-only screening. They don't do that because people that report on film or are in the media are not going to pirate, you know what I'm saying? But a lot of times what they do is, is they, you've heard radio station giveaways, right? Where it's like get tickets to the screening. It's usually like a Tuesday or Wednesday night before the Friday night when the movie comes out. Yeah. And they'll block off like 3 rows for media. So you're mixed in with just fans, like especially when like Avengers, you know, monster movies, Star Wars movies. Sure. But yeah, man, they absolutely take your phones because what they because there will be some idiot that'll sit in the back and just tape the entire movie. We've you've all seen that and they'll Yeah. They'll turn it into a DVD and try to sell it to people. And so they've been nice. doing that in the movie world. I actually am glad because that's one of those things that to me that and I'm very opinionated about like file sharing, for example, like when the whole Napster thing, and I know people like to pile on to like Metallica and all that stuff. But yeah, what people don't think about is and and I sort of you know, I try to remind them like that is their product, right? Like that is the thing that they make in order to m- make a living. Right, it's their livelihood, and I don't understand why people are so entitled or have this disconnect where they feel like they somehow deserve that for nothing. Right. Right. So I always use the example: What if you made, what if you owned a t-shirt shop, and you made t-shirts, and someone just walked in and just took a t-shirt off the rack, or even probably a better analogy: Took a came into your shop, took a bunch of photos of your t-shirts and then took those to a screen printer and printed their own t-shirts right would you be cool with that and they're like no man that's stealing and i'm like yeah but because it's not a physical thing you don't think about it in terms of stealing right and i get it there's a hand and i don't get it because i think this is screwy there's a handful of artists that are so big that it's like well, they're jillionaires. What do I care? And But to me, it becomes a principal play. And like, I won't watch those. Like if comedian sets get pirated and thrown up on cell phones, I just won't watch, right, just out yeah. of principle, right? Like it's because that's, the. it'll be on a special, right? I'll get to see it. If after the special's out and I consume the special through either buying it or through a streaming service where I've now... Uh, like I've legally contributed, right? Then I may go backwards if somebody's got outtakes or, you know, and Chappelle's good about being okay with stuff getting pushed out after the fact, you know what I mean? Or whatever, that's fine. But I'm just really sensitive to that because I don't think, I feel like, I just don't understand why people think they're entitled to other people's art, right? Whereas they wouldn't walk into a store and just steal something off the rack. It's the, it's the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the entitlement is, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of out of control. Right. And I think, like you said, the non-tangibility of it, not, you know, not being something physical you can hold just makes it subconsciously feel like, ah, there's nothing wrong here. It's just some digital content. Who cares? That's a reason and and,
0: credit cards exist is people are just like, oh, if we make it so people don't have to actually hand money away, it makes it easier to spend money not real
1: exactly you don't you don't feel the bill leaving your hand (laughs) like you don't feel the wallet getting thinner it's it's all too true that's for sure it's all too true
0: but i just i mean i don't and there i mean here's what's funny though too is there are people that are proud of it and i work you know you do too we both work in the it world like how many times have you heard about somebody bragging about how they bit torrent at some movie Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and like, Oh yeah, I watched it. I just ripped it off a you know, a torrent site or whatever. And right. And I'm just like, dude, that's like, and it here's the thing. It's not Tom Hanks, man. There's grips, right? There's people that work on that. Right. The ecosystem for that is, and you know, does one person is an individual? No, the problem is it's systemic, right? You get thousands and millions. And that's why, what really bugged me about Napster as a platform is it literally was, it was a product that was built for st- it was built for stealing, right? Like, that's literally the, the – it was designed to help you effectively break the law, right? It's like a – it's honestly like a speed – like, that's what I've said. Like, I'm amazed that um, radar detectors are legal because it's literally a product that's there to assist you in breaking the law. It's such a yeah, odd Yeah, it helps thing. you
1: skirt around the law. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because, like, people just – like you said, they just feel like, no, I can, this is possible. So this is mine. And you're kind of like, I don't think, you know, I don't think it works like that. You keep saying that word. I don't think you know what it means. You know?
0: <laughs> well, and just to loop, like to almost tie it back a little bit to what we talked earlier about when we were talking about Twitch, um, mm-hmm. y- your scenario is a little different because we're friends and we were friends before Twitch. Um, so, again, we had discussed one of the ecosystem things with Twitch is you can subscribe and it's, you know, usually I like they, they're split into tiers and you can go as high as you want, but like a tier one subscription to a Twitch streamer is generally five bucks a month. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. and, and normally the, if I'm not mistaken, the streamer gets half of that. Right. And then half of it half. goes back yeah, to Twitch. At my
1: level. They get half. Mm-hmm. So uh,
0: I would subscribe to your, you're, you're not a great example in this scenario because we're friends and I sub. I would do that because we're friends, but talking about those other people in the ecosystem that I've met that I now watch that I know just through streaming, I sub to a few different channels just because again, in me, it's like, Hey, I'm in here. Like, honestly, like I'm in here enough to where I'm starting to feel like a freeloader. Right. And again, I'm not saying cause some people don't have it. I'm fortunate that I have the means, right? That's nothing that doesn't hurt me, right? Like spending $5 to support like a streamer I like. But that's just where my head's at. It's like, okay, I'm in here a fair amount. I want to support that person cuz I want them to continue to put out content and if this helps them to be able to do that, then that's a good thing. But it's mm-hmm. just weird like there are, and again, I know there are people that can't Right. And that's okay. And I know you as a streamer probably don't care if people sub, it's one of those things like it's yeah. awesome if they do, but you're not mad at somebody if they're just hanging out and not subbing in your channel. But right. you know, for me, I just, and and that's probably just carries over from that. It's like this person's making something and I consuming. It's their time. Like everybody's time is valuable. I'm in here consuming it. Therefore, I feel like it's only right that I contribute in order to help support the person to be able to continue to produce this content that i like
1: yeah and 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 i'm completely uh i've I've seen it obviously being a streamer i've seen it on both sides where it's like there's people who can't do it and and i and i get it and i would never hold that against anybody you know i i I get that you know some people are on tight budgets some people have you know obviously other things that, that are priorities in their life and i'm never like i've got i've had people that have come in and they'll they'll sub they'll be subbed for a while and then they'll show up you know a month or two later and they're not a sub anymore and I never look at them any differently like it's any good streamer any streamer I'll I'll say this any streamer on any platform that's going to give you shit for not donating or not uh, or or not subscribing isn't worth your time anyway yeah. <laughs> like you know it's just kind of like no that's something that in my opinion that's something that the streamer that's not on the streamer, but it kind of is on the streamer. Like, you know, maybe you're not doing what that person likes anymore. Or maybe you're, maybe that person has, you never know what people are going through. Maybe they're going through a tough time and they can't afford to to spend any extra money. So I never want to assume, but I've, but I've been in streams where streamers have said, you know, someone said, Oh man, I like it when you do this. And literally I've heard the streamer say, Oh yeah, I liked it better when you were a sub. Wow. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I, and part of me struggles with wondering if that, because, you know, this would maybe, this streamer may be kind of a crass streamer anyway. So maybe this is part of his gimmick. Right. You know, maybe he's like, you know, a Ric Flair type, like, oh, go <laughs> fuck yourself, kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, it's, I don't want anybody to, I don't want, ever want anybody to mistake my intention. So I would never say anything like that. Um, so that's that's definitely something I, I I focus hard on, and if it ever comes up in my chat, I'm like, I never expect any of you guys to do that, but if you do, thank you very much. You yeah, know, for sure, um, it's it's weird. It's a weird ecosystem, and it and it's it's and like you said, it's very interesting. It's just it seems like it's very well developed, but at the same time, in like some weird infancy stage.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, there was something. Did you see? So there's a a regular a streamer, and also someone that's in chat a lot. Um, in Lopez's chat um, named S'mores Um, did you see her tweet the other day that person that just lost her mind screaming about how people are subbing her channel without like she went ballistic like literally yelling at her viewers about why most of them aren't subbed
1: I'm glad I didn't see that I probably would have just here's the best part I would have been so pissed
0: guess what she does in her chat channel She reacts to YouTube videos. Oh, so free content, right? She's ripping off other people's content and using it as a baseline for her own content and then screaming at people for consuming her content for free. And during the rant, there's a paused YouTube video in the background that someone else made.
1: (laughs) Something is wrong here. (laughs) Like the
0: irony is so thick. That you can't, I'll have to find it and send you the tweet, but it's just like, yeah. it. it's so, but like, it's so appalling. Like, I can't even imagine like the reaction, you know what I mean? Like the, like if you're in, the, like I would never watch her channel again. Like I would delete, mm. it, I would just be gone, right? I would just instantly yeah. be gone.
1: There's definitely, uh, there's streamers out there that I was, that I actually liked a lot that I've, I've walked away from because maybe not because of that exact thing but just little shitty things you you start like you watch someone enough you pick up on little shitty things every once in a while and you're kind of like ah i don't know if i vibe with that very very well and uh it's it kind of falls into that weird area like you were talking about with all the napster stuff and stealing digital content like it's the opposite side where it's like the expectation is so unrealistic you know like they have this they have this entitlement issue where it's just kind of like I put so many hours into this and I should be here. And that's one thing I've, I think I've learned about the platform over the past year. That's made me kind of change my tune is talking a talking to a lot of partners um, that are just kind of like, man, it's, it's a fucking, it's a racket. Like it is a racket, you know, and it's all in how you approach that racket. Like I know that Twitch and Amazon are making a fuck ton of money off this platform. Like the, 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 uh, the chips are stacked highly in their favor when it comes to this platform um which is why i don't approach it as a thing where i'm just like yeah i'm gonna make all this money man and it, it, i just approach it as like this is fun like this is something that i want to do and that even if they took away my affiliateship and my ability to have subs um and and, and get donations i probably still do it you know what i'm saying like is it because i enjoy it that much um it's not something that but i, but I think that there's way too many people that are on the side of If I put in the time, I will get to this place and, and make money. And time is a big part of it. Sure. Being consistent is a big part of it, but I think way too many people don't focus on the quality of the content they're doing. And rather than having quality content and and shorter time on stream, they're doing, they're opting for longer times on stream and not having quality content. Um, which is kind of wild. And, and I've, and honestly, I'm, I've been in this weird state for the past probably six months where I'm just kind of like, man, I want to, I want to do more. I don't know what that more is, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm changing some things up in the studio and I'm, I'm trying to, like I said, relaunch the podcast in the spring and have more of a visual element to it. So I'm building an actual area that's, that's, that's not just my desk. It's like an actual, like, Hey, we're gonna sit across from each other and talk, and there's gonna be a camera looking at us, and we can talk to each other, and 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 it feels a little more. It feels a little more like you know you're watching you know two people conversate rather than you're just watching two people sitting at a. De- I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. It feels more talk showy than it does. We're sitting at a desk, podcasty. Yeah, which is know? cool,
0: and that's why even before this, I was saying to you, you know, like, are you cool, cool with video? Because I do think there's a. Because having someone in the room, to me, there's something about that, that there's just more juice, right? This is a yeah. little harder. Audio only is the hardest, right? At least now I can see you, even though the people listening can't. But I can, you know, I just feel like there's it's more connective, right? There's more connective tissue when you can see the person you're talking to. The um, more
1: senses you're able to use, the better you can feed off the energy of the other person. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's really important. I mean, the other thing, too, that I guess I don't, you know, To your point, I mean, I'm lucky, again, just because we know a lot of people. I feel like the content I've put out via my podcast is I'm proud of the content I've put out. Like, don't get me wrong. I've listened back to some old ones and been like, "Ugh, that's kind of a stinker. And then I've listened to some and I'm like, man, like I could, this was good, right? Like we, there was good ground. Like we, it's interesting. Like if I was listening to someone else, the substantive nature of the conversation, if you edited me out, but left my guest in, I was like, I would listen to that. Right, um, and it's just such a weird because I mean I'm I'm in the thousands ish you know like from a total kind of listens which is more than I ever thought you know I would get right yeah. but I just still am amazed that one person listens to these things and mm-hmm. most of the time I get way you know not most of the time all the time I get way more than that right like and it's just a I just can't imagine ever getting to a level of like, <laughs> like, like believing your own bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if it got big to not be at a point where just even if one person said, man, I really like listening to your podcast that I wouldn't legitimately be like, really? Like, <laughs> why?" That's, my, my first
1: question is why?
0: That's amazing. <laughs> like, thank you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, wow. Like, I can't believe. Right. But that goes back to like, what's people's motivation for doing stuff? And that starts to why I started podcasting in the first place, which is like, I just wanted to do it for me, right? Like, mm-hmm. even if no one ever listened to this, I've got you and I talking about shit. And I can go back, I've listened to the first podcast we've ever done together probably mm-hmm. six, seven times just because I enjoy reliving, because we've gotten to be really good friends. And like Absolutely. that's when that was born. It's like how many people can go? It, this I I kid you. So we talked about Rick loves bacon earlier. Um, mm-hmm. We were in either in Discord, um, and for those you don't know what Discord is, it's sort of like a uh, it's sort of like a topical chat room that streamers use a lot. Anybody can use it, but you can go and create and put categories, and people can come in and just write messages. It's kind of like Facebook on steroids, but really just centered towards like the community being able to talk to one another. Um, But uh, I had mentioned, you know, that you and I had podcasted before and our friend Rick listened to it and Rick goes, I can hear your friendship forming. Yeah. Like how many people can say, I really care about this guy now, right? He's in my system. He's a person that I care about right? I would yeah. do things for, right? If he needed me, I would, and I can go back and listen to when that started. I mean, that's a pretty damn extraordinary thing.
1: Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a time capsule that's, that you can revisit. It's, you know, I'll go back and listen to old episodes of the show and, and you know, with, with all kinds of folks on them. And it's just, to just even go back and see where was my head at on, uh, you know, May of 2017, you know, it's, just, it's kind of, you go back, you're like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> That's what was important at the time. And it's kind of nutty cause we have, we have, there's a couple of people in in the community that are going back and starting. They started from the beginning. Like they're going from the very beginning of Lopez 349 episodes. They started at the very beginning and they're going through it and they're just like, it's amazing how much shit has changed and how much shit you were you guys were talking about that is still you know true or have has come to fruition you know since you guys talked about it so it's kind of a it's kind of a cool journey for people to go on um but i don't know i think i think people jump in sometimes they jump into twitch streaming they jump into youtubing they jump into podcasting with a certain thing in their mind and, and they're not jumping into it realistically. If you're, if you're like, cause I've had so many people that I did radio with that. I was like, Oh yeah, I've been doing a podcast. Like, Oh, how much you make off that? I was like, I haven't made anything off of it. Like, I mean, you know, maybe a little bit when I had, when I had a Patreon, but I killed that because I, I knew I wasn't doing what I wasn't fulfilling my end of the bargain on the Patreon. So I was like, it's not fair of me to to do this. So other than that, like I've, I've made way more Twitch streaming than I have on the podcast but i tell them like you got to want to just get in there and do it for the love of it and if the money follows the money follows if it doesn't just be prepared to do a whole lot of labor of love and you know for some people it's like it's like the lottery i mean there's someone said it on a podcast the other day there's 700 and something thousand podcasts now That's in right. the world Yep, 700 and something thousand of anything is a lot and you know to stick out amongst that you got to be pretty fucking unique you know, Forbes dropped a dropped a number the other day. I think I sent you the link. Joe Rogan made thirty million dollars last year on podcasting. That's like that's that's lottery winning odds. You know what I'm saying? That's also there ain't a lot of Joe Rogan's. No, there's not. But I mean, you know, he's also got the benefit of he he was in on it early. He's got a name. He had people who wanted to talk to him and that and he slowly built that Rolodex to the point where the motherfuckers had Edward Snowden on his show. Like it's it's a big fucking deal, you know. So th- that's the extreme end of one end. And think about, think about the whole one percent versus the ninety nine percent. The ninety nine percent is very large, like very, very large.
0: Well, and I can say too, like, and I could be wrong. He could just be the greatest actor of all time. But I listen to mm-hmm. Rogan a lot, right? Like I listen yeah. to most of his stuff. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of what I want to do here is effectively modeled. After that, right? Like, I, cause I like what he, his, the idea of what he does. But I believe, and like I said, either it's honest or he's, he's the greatest snow job artist ever. Mm-hmm. I believe that he just likes talking to people and exploring these things and the money to him. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's glad, right? That he can make the money he makes and allows him to do the things he wants to do. But I don't believe that's a driver for him. I believe that he does it because he legitimately enjoys engaging with people and talking about stuff because he also does things that most people want do won't do that are at that level. He will talk to people that are like, who? Just because Mm -hmm. he's a scientist, you know what I mean? It's not any it's not like, oh, let me go get LeBron James. Let me let me go get people that are going to draw views. You know, it's like, nah, man, I'm just going to, like, that person sounds interesting. They wrote a book I like. They are in science I'm into. They're into whatever. I'm going to talk to them. Now, again, maybe it's a chicken or egg thing. Like, it's a luxury now he's at where he can do whatever he wants. But I just believe that it's not about that. And I think if people are doing it for dollars, you 100% can tell. I just uh, think you can tell. And then it becomes something that's not really all that... Fun to listen to.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, you know, when you watch any kind of or you listen to any kind of podcaster that harps on those things, it's like if you're too silly. Like, I understand having ads in a podcast, of course. But I've listened to podcasts where you're like, "Holy shit!" Like, because Chris is really in a true crime podcast, mm-hmm. and there's some really good ones out there. But there's a couple of them that we'll be listening to on a road trip, and I'm just like, dude, this is the fifth commercial in this one and a half hour long podcast like what what are they like what's going on here whereas you know you have a rogan where he may have three ads on the front end but then that's it like and he may thank them at the very end but it's not like he's breaking up so you can tell the ones that are kind of like we're grabbing every opportunity we can get and i while i get that it it's something you know it just something breaks because you you kind of like to get immersed in a podcast you almost get you almost sometimes get hypnotized by it and when they're like we're gonna take a second and thank, you know, mm-hmm. again, me undies, you know, like and and I look, this is coming from someone who had a sponsorship with me undies on a, on my Twitch channel. <laughs> but it I, I, I leaned into it and made it more of a thing that just lent to more dick jokes and that's what she said, jokes. And it was fine. But I think you, you even watch some some YouTubers or Twitch streamers that are so obsessed with, oh, these are my numbers and you know, all oh, my numbers are dipping or this or that dude, I haven't looked at my numbers for my, for my stream and I don't know how long. And I'm just like, the the only time I'll look at my numbers sometimes is if I think I'm going to kick it over to someone like after I'm done, I'm like, uh, okay, that's, you know, let's, let's send, let's send these folks over. Um, sometimes I don't, I don't want to waste some people's time. You know, if it's like a slow night, and and like i've got only got a few people and let's say i'm playing a random game and it's late and most of my regulars have gone to bed or something like that i'm just kind of like i don't want to just interrupt their stream with and and trigger a sound alert when nobody's going to go in there and talk so you know so i I won't do that but like as far as looking at it being like oh my numbers are down this week i wonder what the fuck's going on like that was like year one shit. Like that was like right. the first six months. I was like, I gotta grow this thing. I gotta water it like a plant. Now I'm just like, I don't give a fuck if you're here or not. Man. Just, if you're here, have a good time. Like, but there's all I feel like there's always people there though. That's what's great about it. It's and it's astonishing to me because just like you said with with people being like, oh, I listened to an episode of the podcast. And you're like, well, thanks. Like, <laughs>
0: sure. you know, I appreciate
1: that. I'm always like, why the fuck are these people here hanging out? Like, it's really cool. Like, but. I'm just here bullshitting and it's and it's I'm glad people enjoy it. I'm just glad people enjoy it because I know that I've been in streams where people tried to do the bullshit thing and it just wasn't genuine and it didn't yield results. So.
0: Well, dude, unless I end up in the hospital again, I'll generally be there. (laughs) If you don't see me for a couple of days, check in on me because, uh, you know, Either I've I was won- ready
1: to send the search party last time. I was time, gonna man. say if
0: I won the lottery, but that's not true. Because if I won the lottery, I would we would, you know, like I said, you gotta take care of your boys. So like everybody <laughs> everybody would win if I ever won the lottery, or at least a handful of you would. The rest of them would not know what happened to us because we would disappear into the ether and they'd be like, Where what Lopez's stream just disappeared. And then they would just see like a random Instagram post of like all of me and you and Chris and Holly like in Fiji, like or something <laughs> like that. Like greetings from uh the South Pacific,
1: um, reading from the South Pacific. Yeah. I've always said, if I won the lottery, all of a sudden my phone wouldn't work anymore. They'd be like, I tried to call your number the other day and nothing was there. And I would just change my voicemail to say, go away.
0: Yeah. Or, or we would be like that movie, the Rhino where someone would call and be like, I need to speak to big Rhino. Like there would be like a code word where you need only give to certain people and like a number to call to, so they can get through. Like there's some kind of filter. It's like a
1: swoop, man. If somebody Multures will swoop,
0: if, if somebody doesn't say big rhino, do not put the call through.
1: <laughs> well, man, the I password for the week.
0: Yeah. So I know you, uh, you got a stream schedule this week and, um, this is, you know, sort of a night off for you. So I appreciate you taking the time to chat a bit. Um, we, as evidenced by our first podcast that I think went like three, eight hours and change, we could do this for a while, but I want to be, oh, yeah. be sensitive to your time. So um right at around the two hour mark, which is uh which is good. Um thanks for coming. Thanks for absolutely chatting man. with your anytime. boy.
1: anytime. I'm glad I'm glad that you're back. And I, and you know, I'm glad that uh you're enjoying a lovely piece of machinery. It's it's oh. beautiful. I, I bring up I bring up the pictures on a regular basis. And I'm just like, oh look at
0: that thing. Yeah, when you That's get awesome. it. Cause you will, you're going to be, like I said, I haven't even, I say that and then I'll get to this and I'll do it. And it'll just, it'll fail and corrupt. And I'll not know <laughs> this whole thing will just be gone. But so far so good. And according to my memory card, I've only got 122 hours of recording time left. Fuck it. Let's fill it up before my it. before my SD card <laughs> fills up. Um What's cool too, though, is like you, it has transfer mode and you, you I can ship it over as a file to the laptop and then you just go in and just slide and it just nukes the SD card. So you don't have to worry about like you've got a copy or if you want to have some redundancy, you could leave the SD card until it gets a little bit full and go and hit it later. It's a, it's a pretty extraordinary um, thing. Also, I can do this. Um. So, well, look, like I said, I'll put the link to Jeremy's um, Twitch channel um, in the description. Um it's lopezradio.com for all his podcasts. You can also get it from your regular podcast sources, iTunes, Pocket Casts, Google Play, etc., etc. Um, it's uh at Lopez Radio on all your social medias. Um, and uh I think it's just twitch.com slash radio, isn't it?
1: twitch.tv twitch.tv slash lopez radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So come <laughs> see us in twitch. I'm bear down mu on uh there i am one of the noisier ones so i'm sort of easier to easier to pick up on um but you know if you have any questions you said i'm at sean atl on twitter um you can also comment obviously in your various podcasting places but um always good to talk to you my friend thanks for coming around
1: absolutely no problem man
0: thanks for everybody for listening and uh, until next time press on